Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Alright, hi everybody and welcome to the Midnight Frightcast episode number 46. I am Maddie, across from me is Josh. How you doing tonight? I'm present. Awesome. Wow, <laughs> present accounted for. So much energy. And we're bringing the enthusiasm tonight. <laughs> and on my left we got Patrick, doctor of everything else. Hey everybody, how's it going? And we are missing Greg tonight. Apparently, we cannot all four get together this month. We're just having some problems, but he is—he is flying right now. Yeah, the doctor of uh, filmonomics is up in the air. Yeah, right now. So, it, yeah. like in an airplane, he's not. Yeah. smoking. He might be high too. <laughs> right, <that's> true. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do. We got a great cast for you guys tonight. We watched just watched an awesome trailer. We have a really cool movie to review, and we're going to be chatting about what went on this year. But uh, first, let's talk about our trailer. We just watched the trailer for um, Jordan Peele's new movie, This Is Us. It's coming out in March. What did everyone think? Yeah, so the trailer dropped originally on Christmas Day. Um, so that was a nice little Christmas gift for the uh, the horror fans. It got shared like crazy mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Like it was landing on all the different horror sites and just everybody was talking about it. I That movie, that, that trailer, I'm not going to, I've watched that trailer a ridiculous amount of times now and I haven't gotten tired of it yet. I cannot wait. I'm super stoked for his next film. I loved Get Out. It's 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 a com- completely different kind of direction than Get Out. But yeah, I I I'm all about this trailer and this film coming out. I like the the fact that it appears to be very unique mm-hmm. from anything that we've seen before. Yeah, these are creatures that I've not encountered with. Yeah, or anything like that in any of the movies that I've seen up to this point. And you know, in reading articles about it prior to seeing the trailer. He talks about how he created an entire mythology behind this. And so it'll be interesting to see the movie and see how that unfolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be awesome. Since I have seen the trailer a few times, I, didn't, I wasn't watching the trailer. I, I do, well, I do the same thing I do to my, my wife when I watch a, a film I've already seen with her. I you watch, watch reactions? watch reactions. And Patrick has some good ones. Yeah, just I, I like to watch people's reactions to the different parts of the movie. And there's some good, there's some good beats in there. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's like a modern invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Very upgraded. It looks really cool. I'm really excited. It's more, as you said, it's different from anything mm-hmm. we've really seen, especially recently. Yeah. And I like how he's breaking all the rules. Like, don't run with scissors. That's Nick, I, I mean, I bet one of them's probably going to jump into the, into, the, into the ocean there like 15 minutes after eating. He's breaking all the rules. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I like what I liked about the trailers. I like movies that have kind of like cool, almost disturbing imagery to it. And that movie had it. Like yeah. I like shots that look cool as long as long as it's bringing a good movie with yeah, it. Yeah. And it did look really cool. There was a lot of stuff in there. And there's a ton of questions that come with that trailer that give you no answers. And I'm okay with that. I can't wait for, for yeah. that to come out. That's going to be cool. I think he's going to. 
you see, he got the, the Oscar nod for, for Get Out, and I don't think he's going to, he has to follow that. That's mm-hmm. the thing is he has to follow that movie that was so praised by everybody yeah. that the pressure to, to put out a good sophomore film, or I guess sophomore horror film, has got to be crazy. And I think us, he took his time, and uh, he's bringing something. Well, I, I think it'll be interesting to see the content or the context, mm-hmm. I should say. Because one of the things that got him that Oscar nod was what the context of the movie was. And I don't think it was just the writing and the directing. So we'll see what this all entails. Yeah. Well, did he, is he, um, Jordan Peele, is he um, doing the Candyman remake as well? He is on the, the, as a producer, I think, for the Candyman remake. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be a... 2019 will like be a good year for him because he's doing uh yeah. the twilight zone remake yeah. and then candy man if he's on that and then which i'm interested to see that because candy man's a favorite of mine yeah so i i don't know if uh what's his fucking name um is coming back to tony well, todd tony todd will because i mean can you see candy man without tony todd yeah no he's the it's terrifying tough. human yeah. being like i could not imagine yeah. anybody else playing um, that part and he still has the same look i mean he's aged but he's not he can still do it but if you're gonna revamp Candyman, do you revamp it from scratch and recast everything and so yeah jordan Peele is gonna have a good year yeah he's gonna have a good year this will be also be a fun one any other thoughts on that trailer no i think i'll be there for that one yeah i'm going yeah i'll see it i'll go twice <laughs> <laughs> hopefully yeah and as you said with the trailer, it leaves a lot of questions because I'm kind of over the trailer that like shows you the entire movie yeah, like right. before it even comes out. Yeah. So you kind of go in like and all the scary parts are in the trailer and you have the story down already. Like yeah. I want that to be in trailers. The just a little bit of like intrigue yeah. without showing you everything. Yeah, the answers, and, yeah. I, and I think that was probably one of my reactions that Josh was talking about was in this trailer, he had to say that it was a you know, the, that the, they, they were doppelgangers of, of them yeah. Mm-hmm. because that's what it's about. It's not like there's going to be a twist later on and they figure it out, that type of thing. That's the basis of the movie. Yeah. You know, cause I was watching that and they said, the youngest one said, they're us. Yeah. And I said, oh, he's giving it away. But then I thought, no, he has to, because that's the meat of the movie. But based off Get Out, I bet you there's a twist in that oh, movie. Oh, I believe mm-hmm. so. So... I would not doubt it. So that's March 14th, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I missed that not date, that far so. away. All right. Well, as I said, check out the trailer for um, us. And that's coming out, you said, March 14th? Yes. Awesome. Well, tonight we have a special news segment. It's the news <laughs> with Patrick. Yeah. We didn't bring news. So, yeah, we didn't do anything. Um, the news was light it, for us. It and- was a light. I mean, we searched. I searched for news for a while, and it took a while to get it and it's just it's just not even good news i mean it's yeah. it's weak news is what it is and and unfortunately greg's not here to bring us in with the news you know what i think we can can you just like edit the theme song in from another <laughs> cast or something or you can do it should there be talking over this this is fantastic no, this know. is way better than the greg stuff <laughs> all right so I hope Greg appreciates that. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was important. All right. So, uh, like I said, it's weak news. One of the Hollywood artists that work on the Predator movie revealed on Instagram that one of the alternative endings for that movie had Ellen Ripley. 
Yes, that would be Ripley from the Alien movies yeah. emerging from a sleep chamber wearing a Predator killer outfit. That's kind of interesting. That's a yeah, crossover. Crossover from Predator to Alien. Well, they um, did that movie Predator versus Alien. They did, and it was not good. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't do it well, they but they did. It, it happened. Yeah. He stated, we shot three different endings for the Predator, all variations of a Predator killer. And this one uh, was unused ending, was the Predator killer Ripley wearing the breather mask that they created for the film. You can see her name tag there on the costume, so it was obvious it was Ripley. Interesting. That's that's the thing. I didn't see the movie. I haven't so seen the movie no, either. I can so. imagine that would have been a pretty badass ending. Yeah. Better than the turd. I heard it. <laughs> it was. Yeah, Greg didn't have a lot of positive things no. to say about it. So that's the first one. Second one, we'll see if it happens. But Variety has estimated that the unbreakable prequel Glass is estimated to snag 70 to $75 million on its opening weekend. I can see that. I think that's low. You think that's low? Because a lot of conservative readings are saying $50 million. Really? Yeah. I just think that uh, that movie's going to shatter the box office wow. that weekend. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> Give me something. No. Um, wow. Doctor uh, of Puns that we finally have. You're welcome. I'm here. <laughs> um, I, the, the way um, Split... Went over uh, about two years ago. That was two years ago. I think he's going to kill the box office that weekend. Mm -hmm. Me personally. What the fuck do I know, though? When is that one coming out? Uh, I don't have have a date on it right here. It's coming out in 2019. Sweet. (laughs) But I mean, look at the cast of that movie and tell me that people aren't going to chase that alone. Yeah. And, you know, the like a nostalgic kind of like bringing back those characters. This many years later, and and kind of molding it with the characters from Split, I think it's going to go over really well. I just know. I mean, if it was if it was a prequel or a sequel just to Unbreakable, it wouldn't do that well. Yeah, I think Split made the difference. For yeah, mm-hmm. Split was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. All right. For my third and final piece of news, and people that know me know that I like a good bourbon. That I'm a big fan of old fashions. They're disgusting. But yeah, keep going. Oh, you think they're disgusting. But oh I, I love them. Um, well, Silver Screen Bottling Company will be releasing a new label of bourbon called Dutch. And this whiskey is inspired by the 1987 classic Predator and named after the alien fighting badass played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in that film. It is a Predator-led news feed. It really is. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, there was a... I know Johnny Walker just did something for Game of Thrones, but then they created a whole other line of scotch. And I don't know the brand name. So is that like going to be the thing now? Is like, I guess, alcohol sponsored movie. <laughs> but I mean, that movie is so far gone. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. why would they all of a sudden come out with it? Uh, fan of the Predator. I don't gotta know. Be. It's got to be collector bottles. Yeah. All sorts of stuff like yeah. that. All right. Well, that's all that I have for the weak ass news. <laughs> this is the best thing. <laughs> 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 this news sound. I mean, the, the music is way more important than the actual, the, the news. actual news was. Yes. Uh, oh, God. That was, that was weak. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry, Greg. You've been replaced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying, I thinking, should I edit this and just have me go, did it, did it, did it, did it, no, and then no. break the music over the top of that? Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. We should keep that. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> well, thank you. That was the news from Patrick. And our topic for this um, this cast is kind of a dual topic. We really want to talk about... Actually, we're skipping a section here. 
What section? What we've been watching. Shit a brick. I'm so sorry. That's okay. What we've been watching. <laughs> what have we been watching, Josh? We, we can't skip what we've been watching because there's some stuff on my list that I think might start a little bit of a conversation and a fight. So do oh. we just want to round robin the, uh, the what we've been watching? <laughs> yes. Sure. Or just go through it. Uh, uh, I, so uh, the first thing on my list was uh, probably actually one of the one of my favorite things I've seen this year. I watched it on Amazon Prime. It was a rental. It was like two bucks, though, and it's totally worth the rental. There's a movie on uh, Amazon Prime called You uh, You Might Be the Killer. Has anybody heard of it? Yes. Yeah, have you, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. It is Fucking on my, chase that movie. It it's, is on my list to watch before the end of 2018, so I can include it on our list of the best of 2018 if it so ends up there. Yeah. Uh, Allison Hannigan from American Pie uh, fame and, and Fran Krams, I think is how he's his name. He was the stoner in Cabin in the Woods. Oh, lead, nice. Yeah, lead the yeah. movie. But it's like a, a camp counselor wakes up. Uh, he Well, he blacks out, and uh, he wakes up covered in blood and surrounded by a bunch of dead counselors. He calls his uh, best friend Chuck, uh, played by uh, Allison Hannigan, and she asks him all these questions, and they're trying to figure this, like, who the killer is. And then she's like, you might – there's a possibility that you fucking did this. <laughs> and uh, But it, it breaks all the, the rules, and – it's it's horror comedy. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, is it more of a comedy? Yeah, okay. it's so fun. And uh if, if you have not seen You Might Be the Killer, like I said, it's two bucks on Amazon Prime, so it's like nothing. And uh it's totally worth the uh the rental on that nice. on that site. So check that out. Awesome. All right. Well, along with forty five million other viewers on Netflix, I watched Bird Box. Up top. That's on my list too. <laughs> Shit, I should probably put that on my list. That was the movie that I was on my list. That I was like, this is going to start a conversation or a fight. Okay. Um, I thought it, I thought it was a very good movie. I did not think it was a very good horror movie. I, I cannot list this movie as a horror movie. I can list it as a good movie. And as always, Sandra Bullock, she's on my list. Yeah. She could turn me. It was interesting. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> this is a new Keep conversation <laughs> altogether. Well, we're not having it on the cast. Oh, okay. <laughs> The only thing is, you know, because she's got these two very young kids and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to look at her and realize that she's 54 years old. Yeah, yeah. she is. I, I don't know why, like, people are fucking hating on this movie so hard, like, everywhere. Just, it's, and I don't know if it's because the movie has been viewed and praised by so many people that now all the trolls are coming out. They're mm-hmm. like, fuck this movie. I refuse to watch it because... I don't want to be part of the crowd or whatever. And they're missing a good movie. And yeah. whether whether you want to call it horror or not, there were elements of horror in that movie. Um, it's like calling A Quiet Place, not a horror film, Maddie. Um, tonight, Greg's not here, so I'm picking on you. See, but the, um, the difference was in, in Quiet Place, I felt a lot more tension all the way through that I did not feel in Bird Box. Quiet Place was a creature feature. So that's why I can kind of live in that that world but so was bird box the only thing that bird box did right that a quiet place didn't was it didn't show the creature mm-hmm. ever and so they kept that a mystery which was the best thing they could have done there was an article saying that there was a reason they didn't show the creature because they ended up feeling that the creature looked too silly probably but well, I, mean, I wish more people would think that yeah keep their shit off the screen yeah 
Because um, that's what ruined the Quiet Place a little bit for me was they showed that creature and it kind of took me out because it looked fucking stupid. Yeah, it is bit. silly looking. Um, but Bird Box from start to finish was a, a really good movie. I thought it was a very solid it, it's movie. It's anxiety inducing and uh, there's just a lot of things they did right in that movie, including the cast. Mm-hmm. So John Malkovich was really great. Sandra he was outstanding was really in it, yeah. They have some nice little twists and turns in there, I thought. Well, is this another one, and I haven't seen it yet, I put it on my list, um, that they, because when I saw the trailers, they're marketing it as a horror movie, and then you kind of said it's not a horror movie, and as I said, that drives me insane when people do that. So do you think that kind of could be a lot of the negative, because I didn't really, I didn't go through and read everybody's negative comments, but was that kind of like the general consensus that people were let down that it wasn't a horror movie? People are saying that it's not, and it's like Patrick, that it's not a horror film, and it's not it's not a straight out of the gate horror film. Mm-hmm. It's not. But again, we talked about this on the cast a while back about horror being a feeling mm-hmm. and how it makes you feel. And if there's elements in a movie that kind of cause some anxiety and make you kind of grip your chair a little bit and make you sit back a little bit and give you that feeling of like, okay, what's coming? A drama, a comedy. They don't do that. They don't do that at all. And thriller lives in, in horror. So like, can it live a little bit in that world? We're stretching, but can it live in that world a little bit yeah. because of just how it makes you overall feel? Mm-hmm. That's just how. I mean, I was watching, I watched it with Elizabeth, and that was, it was more fun than actually kind of watching the movie <laughs> did, a little bit. But did you feel that they had enough of the, because I was wanting this a little bit more, the blind part of it that I wanted to not see even more? Does that make sense? Because sometimes they would do the POV through the blindfold. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt they needed to do something along that line a little bit more to help build the suspense up. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was enough, but like I did not. I will say I, I did not like the ending of that movie. I just didn't. If there's one part of that movie I just was like, mm, that I could have done without that. Okay. It was the ending of that movie. I didn't get it. I didn't mean like I didn't get it. I just don't like how I don't like how it ended. Do you think it was so, easy? It was way too easy. Okay. Way too easy. That's a, that's, it was, that's it a valid was, argument. Yeah. When you're watching all these people fall to what's going on and then how she, sorry guys, but just, it's kind of not really a spoiler, but how she had to navigate the rapids or whatever mm-hmm. blind and how she had to make her choice and then not making, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. shit. So, nope. but we'll talk about it off the cast, but right. I mean, I don't, cause I don't spoil anything because if you haven't seen bird box, you should chase that movie. That's just how I feel. There's a hundred people out there that are, that'll tell you not to chase that movie because it's not worth your time. It's a sit. It's a two-hour movie, um, so you have to commit. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a it's a two-hour movie that doesn't feel like a two-hour movie. Okay, so yeah. that's where I sit in uh, when it comes to Bird Box. I don't get the title either, but man, whatever. Because <laughs> there was a box of birds. That's so fucking stupid. That's what my wife said. And I was like, that's the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing ever. But well, it's then, called Bird Box because they put birds in a box. But, but really? It, but it's I a mean, metaphor for them also being birds in a much larger box. Okay. I guess I, I think I, they could have called it blindfolded then because they were blindfolded for 90% of the movie. But whatever. That's just me. It just could have been called, you know, like... <laughs> Helen Keller the movie. Uh, <laughs> Helen Keller the movie would have been better. I'm no, it'd sorry. be like Hot Helen Keller. Either way, Helen yeah. Keller the movie would have been a better title. Do, do you need a moment alone, Patrick? No, I, <laughs> no, no I'll, I'll be all right. I, on your list, yeah, man? I was going to say, I have been really trying to catch up on 2018 horror. It hasn't been working out so well because I don't want to pay for most of the movies that are uh, 
that came out in 2018, and they're not uh, free on streaming services yet. So I've been trying, but uh, mostly I've been catching up on the Hellraiser movies. I've watched uh, through part four, and then I watched Hellraiser Judgment. Yeah. Yeah, those were a thing. <laughs> Let's talk about Judgment for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we were talking you about You had a good it, conversation about that a little bit ago. Yeah, before the cast, we were kind of talking about... I heard that a lot of the later Hellraiser movies where they bought the script and just stuck Pinhead in that. I'm not sure if that's valid or not. I think it seems like yeah. something that they would do, but whatever. I thought that Hellraiser Judgment had such a late saw, jigsaw mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Even, like, the fact that nobody had a freaking light bulb in that movie and just, like, the <laughs> plot and the feel of it and the whole, like, kind of judgment mm-hmm. thing. But then Pinhead is one of my favorite horror movie villains, and he's hardly in judgment at all. He literally sat on his ass yeah. for, like, 90% <laughs> yeah. of that movie, and it's so frustrating because he's such a cool character and, yeah. like, I'd be happy with, like, a 90-minute movie of him doing, like, fucking stand-up comedy. I don't care. <laughs> he got up once, and he got his ass beat by an angel, and then she's like, sit the fuck down, and then yeah. he's like, all right, and that was the end of Pinhead. Yeah, yeah that that was the end of it, yeah. but um, I'm not going to give away a lot of this movie because it is still pretty new, yeah. but um, I'd suggest people check it out. I think the first part of it is just the biggest what the fuck I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. Like You, you can find it on Netflix. It, yes, yeah. it is on it's Netflix. Um. So I, I, that's kind of what I've been watching. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. But. My wife met the actor that plays Pinhead. Doug and Bradley. She, and she said he's a tiny man. Yeah. Now, was it Doug Bradley in Judgment? No, he Where was. Where did he stop? Um, I think he didn't do the last two. Okay. And Judgment was the 10th one. Okay, so I don't think he Lord, did. Lord, that many? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he did nine or ten. It was kind of funny with Doug Bradley because sometimes, like, just the way they light him sometimes in these movies, sometimes he's the scariest looking person and sometimes he looks like exactly what he is, is a middle-aged... Tidy man. Yeah, looking dude. He just... I don't know. Sometimes, as I said, sometimes the way they light him, I'm like, oh my god, he is so creepy. And then other times I'm like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he touched on Bird Box, and that was uh, one of on my lists. And then the last one I have on my list was uh, again catching up to 2018, and I'm pretty far behind on this one because it's been out for a while. Um, but I finally watched uh, Revenge and uh, dug the shit out of it. It's the same filmmaker that did uh, MFA, uh, which is on Prime. They're both rape revenge films, but they both go on two different uh, directions. Yes, there was stuff in Revenge that I was like, that is just not <laughs> possible. Her fall was like, there's, I, I heard things break and I was like, that's just not a thing. Um, but whatever, get up. Uh, well, even, even being alive uh, yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, she was, that chick was a badass. And, you know, you watch her in the beginning and she's kind of like Valley Girl Stupid oh, a yeah. little bit. And then uh, to, to watch her turn and just get pissed and say, fuck you guys, here we go. I'm taking you on a ride and your balls are coming with me. Mm-hmm. Um, was a lot of fun. So Yeah, I'm not sure where it's going to land in my top 10, but it's definitely landing yeah, in my top 10. Land. That was yeah. one that I watched for the 30 Days of Horror Marathon Yeah, and pimped it out to you guys, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you had a chance to see it because yeah. it's yeah. damn good movie. It's yeah, it's fun. it's on my list, and I'm really excited to check it out, especially because I spit on your grave the remake is one of my absolute favorite movies and i kind of got some of that from watching the trailer and so i'm i'm excited if you get a chance uh said watch mfa and then uh turn around and watch revenge same filmmaker 
same concept, kind of different directions. Check them out. All right. The one that I watched was Mandy with the good old Nick Cage. And, you know, (laughs) it is an LSD trip for like 90% of the movie. It is weird. It is absurd. It is. It's a trip. It really is. And I'm like sitting there watching it going, what the hell am I watching? (laughs) And when I finished it, I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking this may end up on my top 10. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I have one spot left on my top 10. And I have not seen Mandy yet. Um, there's three different movies I think can end in that spot. And mm-hmm. uh, but I want to see Mandy. Yeah, it's it. It was one of those that, like I said, it's just like I I don't know if I like it or not. And then the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And, yeah. and it just and we've had a couple movies this year that yeah. have hit me that way. It sticks in your head that long. It should end up on your. If it's a movie that you're like, you should see this movie, mm-hmm. even if it's kind of garbagey a little bit. You should like if you're going, you should see this movie. It's a it's a movie that should stick on your your list. Yeah, and uh, it it it's a type of movie that allows Nick Cage to do what he does best, and that's to be a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mandy. Did you like Mandy better than you liked Mom and Dad? I'm gonna say yes. Did you? Yeah, I hated Mom and Dad. Well, yeah. So um, yeah. Just like you guys have said, I've been trying to catch up. I'm gonna kind of round it out with two. I watched Cam. And I watched half of Hereditary. <laughs> I'm so sad that you did not make yeah. it through Hereditary. I'm gonna because, try. I'm really. I'm gonna. The back half is better. Yeah, and it, it goes bonkers. It yeah, and I, I did kind of like look at like a plot summary just because I was like, I want to know what happens, but I don't care about yeah. any of these people, and so I. It does look like it does go a little crazier. So I am. I. That, I feel like. Hereditary is a movie I have to be in the mood to watch. Yeah. And I watched it when I just was not in the mood, in the mood to watch you got, something. You got the part that what happened to the little girl, right? Yeah. Okay. As I said, I watched an hour in. I'm halfway okay. through okay. it. Right, right. But just... You put that message out about what's wrong with this little girl, and I was just like, "You just fucking and, wait. There's a and, lot that's going to be wrong with her in a second." And, and, and I was wondering if that's going to be like an off microphone discussion. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to try. I as I've said, I've said a couple times in this cast, I'm not a huge fan of slow burn movies. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter if it's a horror movie or anything else. Yeah. I just I want stuff to just go, and mm-hmm. this movie just it's not going. And yeah, it I, yeah. Right. It, which. I knew that going in, but as I said, I should have been in the frame of mind to watch it. So I'll give it another shot. Cam was one that I know ended up on a lot of people's top. I don't understand why. I'll, I'll be straight up. It's it's not a good movie, and it's definitely not a good horror movie. I don't understand that either. I mean, and I've seen it popping up on a lot of 2018 lists. Well, it's it's not a horror movie. No, and. <laughs> I think it was, and I think I said this in our message thread, uh, that people were trying to cram in at the last minute so that they could release their blogs, whatever. And they said, oh, okay, let's watch Cam. Oh, that was great. It's on my list. You know, because maybe they only saw 10 movies this past year. Yeah. I, I too, I mean, I saw it. You know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, it's a, it's a great movie. It talks about, you know, from the point of view of a sex worker and, you know, which I did, appre- I did appreciate that about it. It did like, like I didn't think that they were trying to portray any of the characters as like, oh, well, this slut. So like, I did appreciate that they kind of humanized a lot of sex workers because I know that's kind of a problem mm-hmm. in some movies. But to me, that that message and that attitude just didn't make up for the rest of the film just being hot garbage. But do you think, and, and do you think that possibly that that 
topic was being exploited specifically for this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they could have gone with the same type of thing without having to go to the sex worker area of it. That it just seemed to me they use this as a way to show more TNA on screen to get more guys to look at it, to up their numbers, even though it was a piece of crap movie. Yeah. And to me, like the ending, it, I almost felt like they were filming it as they went along and then we're like shit shit guys we only have 15 minutes left of this movie just it just ended just i don't care make something up and end it like and it irritated me because it had a lot of potential Mm -hmm. like the whole her identity being stolen online and everything that could have been so cool and just the way they handled it and the way it was resolved was so disappointing and it, the acting was really good. I will say that. I didn't think, I think everyone did a good job. I just don't, I, I just didn't like this mm-hmm. and I don't really understand why, especially to put it on a horror list. And we were just talking about this. Movies can have a, don't have to be a hundred percent balls to the wall horror, but there was literally nothing Zero. in this movie that mm-hmm. I could say, oh, that's got a horror element in it. Like, it's not even, I wouldn't even say it's got a thriller element. It's It really honestly, didn't. I felt n- there was no conflict between there no characters. Up, yeah. There was no buildup. And it's just, it was weak. Yeah, it really was a weak. really, really weak movie. I mean, I think a lot of horror movies that Netflix has put, have put out have been really hit and miss. Yeah. And this was like... The Ritual, which was mm-hmm. earlier this year. I forgot that was a 2018 movie. Yeah, and, and it's on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. But this is the same is. thing, is it's really weak. I feel like they're just trying to like capture the widest audience yeah. they can, and they're not doing a good job. Yeah, there's an article I saw that it's talking about how many horror films Netflix has either acquired or done original stuff on because it, they dominated mm-hmm. the streaming mm-hmm. services when yeah. it came to horror this year. So it seems like exactly what you're saying, cast that wide net and see what lands. Yeah, but... um. I can't in any any context recommend anybody watching no, Cam. It's I, I don't either. It's such a letdown. That will not be on my 2018 list. No. To be honest, though, you kind of said something that really applied to me with the people didn't watch a lot of horror movies this year. I certainly didn't. There weren't a lot of 2018 horror movies that I was that interested in. I'll be honest, there's a couple things on my list that were not 2018, but I just watched them in 2018. <laughs> but I didn't go back like insanely far like i didn't put hellraiser 4 on my list. <laughs> that would have been awesome <laughs> i did try to stick from like 2016 on so at least they're like relevant but like no if i had done this to the movies i'd really enjoyed it would be hellraiser 2 3 and 4 right. on there yeah so we're not going to see like jaws on your list then. no okay. no 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 sferatu no none of that <laughs> does anyone watch anything else that they want to chat have, about i do have one more and it's it's going to be really quick. It's a movie called Sabrina. I watched it because it was listed as the <laughs> Indonesian Annabelle. Oh, yeah. And what it really was was a pile of dog shit. So stay <laughs> away from Sabrina. Yeah, that looked good. It did not know what it wanted to be. It was all over the place. And I just didn't care. When you said you watched that movie... I had flipped by the cover of that movie, and just by flipping by the cover, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, I, you pulled the trigger on that. I did, and you I mean, they, they even tried to set up like the a Warren couple yeah. type situation. Yeah, it was just oh, gross, God. And the, my problem is, I can't just stop 
in the middle of a movie. I have to see it all the way through. You don't have a 45 minute rule. I, I do not. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's okay. I know it's not going to get better, but I can't just walk away from it. Yeah. It's there's something in me about that. And I could kick myself in the balls every time for doing that, <laughs> especially on this movie. So that's oh it for God. my, for my, what I've been watching. Cool. I'm done. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now to our actual topic. Uh, this, as I said, is kind of a twofer. We want to talk about 2018 as a year in horror, but we also want to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2019 and what yeah. movies we're looking forward to. So what do we want to start off with? I think the indies dominated Definitely. horror this year, really. And so Definitely. you didn't you didn't hear a lot about like ter- like uh Terrifier was uh you know, was indie and uh um things like uh You Might Be the Killer was like you know, the things that didn't get a th- theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Um movies that dropped just like straight to streaming or you could cut you could rent it on streaming or Netflix or Prime or Hulu or whatever, those are like Piwack it and stuff like that. Like yeah. stuff like that that did not get, like you said, a mainstream uh release. Those dominated this year, and they were way better than really the blockbusters in horror that came out this year, minus a few. Yeah. Um, but it, to me, it was the a year of everything kind of went in the thriller direction. There was no real horror film that came out that was like the blood and gut movie that was really like, <laughs> fuck Halloween. That came out. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but, but I mean, and like, you know, Terrifier was blood and guts and stuff. It, there was there, they were there, but like to me, thriller horror dominated over um, or ghost story horror or you know stuff like that or supernatural stuff dominated over the the blood and gut stuff uh, this year. I thought, uh, which I have no problem with at all whatsoever. Other than Halloween, was there a slasher release? Not really a slasher release. I mean, you could call you might be the killer a slasher film because well, once again, did that get a, did that get a theatrical? Release? It did not get a theatrical. Okay. Release, no. But yeah, there was no real, I think, minus Halloween that I can think of off the top of my head, a real uh, blockbuster slasher film that came out this year. Yeah. That was kind of my thought for this year is that there wasn't a lot of horror horror movies. I feel like they were, as I said with Netflix, they're trying to cast such a huge net and get more people into the horror genre that they were kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of blending of the genres. I couldn't think of a straight horror movie, especially a blockbuster one that really came out. You had action horror, you had drama horror, you had, which as I said, I think they're trying to, as I said, just cast a wide net Mm -hmm. and get a wider audience. I think it's hard to market a straight horror movie and not even a slasher, but just a horror movie to a mainstream huge audience. I mean, you're always going to have horror fans that are like, hell yeah. I mean, like me, that just want a straight horror movie i know it's a smaller you know net than trying to market something to everybody yeah Yeah. it's almost like hollywood has interfered a little bit too much this year yeah yeah like just just keep out of it yeah we've we've established that hollywood has a really hard time making good horror movies just next year just leave it to the independent films uh, again there were some mainstream (laughs) films that dropped this year that a quiet place has dominated the box office Mm -hmm. But again, the indies, the stuff that dropped straight to Netflix, mm-hmm. there, a lot of them were shit, but there's a handful of them that were really good films that would have never gotten discovered if you weren't, you know, scrolling around, I guess, on Netflix yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They didn't, you didn't see previews for them on TV or yeah. anything like, or trailers on TV. So you would have never, they're all films that you had to discover on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, the, the horror fans had to go out and do their research and do the work to, to find those. Yeah. 
Now, I think I go back to your first statement that the Indies dominated this year. Yeah. That's that's my thought on and 2018. And that's an awesome thing, by the way. It that is. is fantastic. I'd rather see a million indie films come out this year and just in that genre, I mm-hmm. guess, than uh, a bunch of terrible <clears throat> Hollywood horror films come out that, mm-hmm. you know, nobody gives a shit about that much. They just they water them down. They don't they don't do it right. I don't I don't think they do it right. Yeah, as I said, um, they're trying to appeal to a huge audience, and you can't market something like Terrifier to a huge audience. Yeah, and right? the Indies like, don't have to follow any fucking rules. They don't have to sat. They don't they don't have to make any producer giving you millions of dollars happy. They can they just get to make what they want to make and what makes them happy. And say once they're done making that that movie, they just get to go. All right, everybody, there you go. Take a look at it. Let's just tell me what you think. How you feel? Do you hate it? Do you love it? What do you What do you think? And that's the greatest thing is not having to stay inside that that box. They get to just do whatever, play Mm -hmm. and and do whatever they want to. Well, and that's kind of why I've said before I really like a lot of foreign horror more than I like a lot of the more recent movies that have come out in the United States because they have different rules that they follow, and I feel. Especially French horror. French horror is insane, and I don't feel like they're following anybody's rules. They're just like, nope, we'll do what we want, and you will enjoy it, or you won't. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. This next year, I'm looking forward to a lot more. I'm going to be watching a lot more, I think, foreign horror films than I will, especially like big blockbuster movies this next year. No, when we talk about blockbuster movies for 2019, that's all that's on my list. But again, (laughs) I will discover those indie gems. When yeah, they later. come out in 2019, later on in the year, when they mm-hmm. start dropping on Netflix or Prime or Hulu or wherever they decide to drop, I'm on those all the time. I will discover them on my own, and I'm sure they will just kill. Yeah. So Something I really missed in 2018 with horror movies, and even a lot of the indies I didn't feel captured this, is I like my horror movies to have a little bit of a fun element to them. Like, I think Terrifier is an insanely fun movie. I had fun watching it. Is it gory? Yeah. Is it kind of horrific? Yeah. But you have fun watching that. And this year, I feel like there's a lot of drama horror. And just, yeah, I'm not here for it. I didn't have fun watching most of the movies that I watched this year that came out yeah. this year. I want, and we talked about that article, and I can't remember the phrase that they said. I think they said it was a a lot of good horror movies have something called a dark delight. And that Ooh. phrase really stuck with me because all of my favorite horror movies, besides Martyrs, which is just a bleak, bleak, wonderful movie, they're fun. Yeah. I enjoy ha- watching them. I have fun watching them, even though they're, I don't even. What <laughs> Martyrs, called? I did not have that much fun watching. <laughs> no, no, as I said, Martyrs was kind of out there yeah. on its own. But um, a lot of the movies I love have that dark delight, that element of fun yeah. there. And even if it is a gory, horrific thing, I don't feel like it's a chore to watch them. But yeah. I will say a lot of these movies that I watched this year, I was kind of like, this yeah. is something to like kind of slog through almost. It's the, to kind of counter that, though, too, is like it was to me a year of very smart writing and storytelling. Mm-hmm. The films that came out this year did make you think and did yeah. make you kind of. Take a step back and, you know, you had to, a movie like Terrifier, which I loved, by the way, you could look away from Terrifier and mm-hmm. come back five minutes later and know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. There are movies that came out this year that if you even, yeah, you'd be glued if to you the looked away for a second, you'd come back and go, what yeah. is, what are we doing now? Because you blinked and you missed something 
But I, I think the the writing and the storytelling has been really smart this year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I thought was, uh, the the storytelling in Bird Box and uh, based off a book, which I did not know coming into that. Or like I said, A Quiet Place. I love those movies. And, and I used to love the blunt gut movies that mm-hmm. didn't make me think at all. And I still, they're, they're, they are fun. Like Terrifier was fucking fun. But I wasn't like, that was brilliant. And that made <laughs> me think. And I just, uh, you know... Now I'm thinking about becoming a clown um, or anything like that. Uh, some of the best years this year were just the, the movie, uh, the movies that were just really smartly written and the storytelling mm-hmm. was laser focused and it made you pay attention. Hereditary, if you blinked, if you looked away from Hereditary, you have no idea what the fuck is going on in that movie. Yeah. I just wish there was like a blending of those. Like I, I, cause although I love my blood and gore in my movies, it doesn't have to be there. It's fun. Yeah. But um, I would love to see a movie that had amazing storytelling, but that I had fun sitting through and watching. And there needs to be a mix of thinking and not thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can have movies that have a twist in it, but still are fun, are yeah. enjoyable to watch. So I don't know. That's something I'm going to definitely really be looking forward to next year, yeah. I think. So what are, what are the movies we are looking forward to in 2019, then? Yeah, I mean, you have a list. I, I wrote down. List, but I'm just going to zip through it. I, yeah, I, I wrote down. I just have like, a couple. Yeah, and I'm sure like, a lot of ours are going to. I wrote down four things. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. I'm a huge fan of Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, even uh, um, minus a couple of his. Um, I'm just an overall fan of Rob, Rob Zombie. Um, so Three from Hell, I'm looking forward to a lot. It Chapter 2 is coming out next year. Um, I look forward to seeing how they wrap that all up. The uh, The adult cast is really great um that they announced anything in the conjuring universe coming out next year um the conjuring 3 is coming out next year i think another annabelle movie mm-hmm. is coming it's un- out yeah, it's next year this time. but there's a couple of films that live in the conjuring universe that are coming out next year that i'm looking forward to and then uh i, I can't wait for pet cemetery i'm excited for pet cemetery mm-hmm. again that was a movie that when i was a kid scared the shit out of me i'll be really curious to see how they um, kind of reimagine it and redo it, and they stick closer to the book, I think, uh, this time around. And uh, the cast is great, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. All of those were on my list as well, but I'm going to throw in Us after watching that trailer. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to add uh, The Curse of La Llorona. I forgot about that one. That's one that I want to yeah. see. Uh, Zombieland 2 yeah. is coming out. I, I hope they don't mess that one up. And believe it or not, Child's Play. Oh yeah. yeah, they're revamping that completely yeah. revamping. Yeah, I do really like the marketing they're doing for like they're making it like a toy that's coming out, mm-hmm. and I yeah. think that's really fun. That's cute. Um, I can tell you, Alex Vincent, just because uh, I'm friends with him on uh, the you know on the internet world, uh, Facebook, and uh, he's not happy that they are redoing this child's play. Really, thing, especially since he's not involved in it, he is just not a happy camper that they are they're doing that. Without the, you know, because they're not doing it with, um, oh, I can't think of his name. The guy that uh, originated the voice of Chucky, he's not, I mean, nobody uh, from the Child's Play franchise is coming back to do this movie. Interesting. So they're doing it all fresh and all new. I, so. I can't decide if I like that or not. Because, like, on one hand, like, when they revamp these older horror movies, I think it's really fun to see, like, people from the original cast in there. But at yeah. the same time, I can... 
I can also understand the whole, hey, let's start fresh and get this out to a new audience and a new generation. So I don't I don't know what I like about yeah. I don't know which one I like more. When you start putting cameos in, do you stop taking your own film seriously? That's kind of like how I think some people feel is like, oh, I could like Alex Vincent can play a security guard in this movie. And then people are just going to kind of look at like, oh, there's. He was in the original. And it's like, oh, look, there's Alex Vincent. Yeah. I was sad. Just, I, I don't know. I kind of think that's fun. Like, Stephen King has done cameos in every single one that's of his true. movies. And, like, I love that. So, I, as I said, I don't know. I think some fun cameos are, are cool. But, yeah. I don't know. It just depends. What about your list? Is there anything that we mentioned that um, not, or that is on? The only, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the only thing that um, I was kind of looking forward to is a movie called The Turning, and it is a kind of exorcist possession movie. Mm. Um, not I've a not lot. Heard of that. Yeah, I was gonna say not a lot has come out about it so far, but there were some clips, and it looked it looked pretty cool. Um, I think it's coming out later in the year. There's a trailer out for that. Yeah, it's a really short teaser trailer. Okay, cool. But yeah, I thought that one looked pretty interesting. But yeah, same here. I'm looking forward to Pet Cemetery. I'm really looking forward to Three from Hell. Yeah. Um, I also love Rob Zombie. And I'm I'm looking forward to Us as well. Lords of Salem was the Rob Zombie film that I'm just like, I, I just can't. I haven't it. seen it yet. And it's... Mm. <laughs> 31 <laughs> was fantastic. I, I was that in that very small group of people that liked 31. But Lords of Salem was dog shit to me. I'm really interested to see what they do with Three from Hell because to me, House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are two totally yeah. different, different like approaches to yeah. a movie because you have House of a Thousand Corpses, which is really fun, yeah. and then you have Devil's Rejects, which is really gritty. And but it's like it was almost like Otis and Baby and Spalding were completely different characters. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, night and day. Devil's Rejects, yeah, it was crazy. So I think uh, Three from Hell will be closer to what they yeah. did with. Um, uh, Devil's Rejects, and it would be going back to House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I can um, see that too, but it would be nice if they put a little of that fun element in, as I said. Yeah. I kind of, I'm missing that in horror movies, and yeah. I would just kind of like that. And there were some lighthearted parts in Devil's Rejects. Yeah, maybe, they tried. But, yeah, they tried, but I'd like to see that in there, because I, I think Rob Zombie has a sense of humor in his movies, yeah. and I want that to stay. Yeah. Now, aside from ones that you want to see, are there some coming out that you just want to avoid at all costs? Yeah, uh, that curse of law your own, I really have no interest in at all. Oh, really? Yeah, just zero. Just zero. This will probably get me kicked off the cast. I'm not a huge fan of the Conjuring series. Not not a huge, I don't no, hate them. It's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I don't hate them, but it's kind of like what I said with the Strangers, even though. Yeah. I'm sorry. No one got castrated, Josh. So I was just, That's cool. <laughs> no, it's one of those movies that I can say is a good movie, but I just don't enjoy it. I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm a fan of the conjuring. Don't get me wrong. Cause I talk that movie up all the time mm-hmm. and I, I love those movies. I'm a fan of James Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. James Wan is very talented and his approach, mm-hmm. um, just as a filmmaker and, uh, and what he's done and where he started and stuff like that. That's, I think I'm uh, like a, fan of James Wan, mm-hmm. um, but I am a fan of the Conjuring series. As I said, I, I will happily say that they're great movies. I'm just, I've never been a huge ghost story-ish person. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Like, my favorite movie of all time is a ghost story, but, like, at the same time, like, just overall, just not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. What about you, Patrick? Well, uh, there's one that I'm sure you want to rush out and see, but I'm not interested in, and that's <laughs> The Gallows Act 2. Fuck that. Shit. <laughs> There's a World War Z two. Yeah, didn't like the first one. There is Don't Fuck in the Woods two. 
Okay, so I know the guys that made Don't Fuck in the Woods. Really? And I have not seen it, but those guys, indie filmmakers, and they're out tearing it up. Well, you make the, a movie I guess called the Don't Fuck one, in the Woods, I mean, you're... And I guess the first one was good enough to make a second one. I haven't seen or heard of that, and I... Yeah, uh, you can find Don't Fuck in the Woods, I'm pretty sure, on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. And then there was another one I saw listed for a 2019 release. It was just called Grudge, and I don't know if it has yeah. anything to do with... It the does. Grudge? Yeah, it does. Okay. I think they're remaking it. Oh, please. Gosh, get over that. I know. And then Happy Death Day to you. I didn't see the first one. I, I liked the first oh, okay. one. But once again, it's that campy, fun yeah, stuff in it. Camp. So so it was kind of like Scream style yeah. type film is what it was. The, the Look at the list. There's not a lot of movies on there that I'm like, fuck that movie. There's just mm-hmm. not a lot of movies on there that I'm going to chase. Like New Mutants. I have no whatever. No. There's just movies. There's there's uh, movies that I, I'm looking forward to, and there's movies I don't really give a shit if they come out or not. So, Happy Death Day to you. I haven't actually seen uh, Happy Death Day. And I, I own that movie. Don't uh, f- fuck off. I've never watched it. Um, but Happy Death Day to you, I can't imagine it's going to be much different than the first one. So, I've seen the trailer for it. It looks like the exact same movie. It, well, it's the same formula, just them recognizing what the hell happened. They're going, oh, shit, it's happening again, yeah. but I know how to do it this time. It's Groundhog's Day, too. Yeah, it really is. Cool, I can't wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, that's 2019 for yeah, us. Yeah, 2019. All right, are we ready for our feature yeah. presentation? We reviewed a movie called Incident in a Ghostland. It was directed by um, the same gentleman who did Martyrs, so I was super, super excited to watch this. Uh, Patrick, you got some deets for us? I do have some deets, and this week they are correct. I'm not going (laughs) to read something from another movie. So proud. Yeah. Incident in a Ghostland, available to rent on Amazon Prime, Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, and many more, running an hour 31. A mother of two who inherits a house is confronted with murderous intruders on the first night in their new home and fights for her daughter's lives. Sixteen years later, when the daughters reunite at the house, things get really strange. IMDb score, 6.4. Metascore, 44%. Rotten Tomatoes Critics score matches it at 44%. Rotten Tomato Audience score, 54%. It's kind of low. That's super low. Yeah. I think it's really low. I thought it was extremely low. Yeah. So just by judging first reactions, you guys liked it? I did. There yeah. was some part, there was a lot that I loved about this movie. There was a couple things I didn't really care for, but like for the most part, yeah, I, I really dug this. Okay. It went on my 2018 list. I thought it was uh, super like fire out of the gate. Um, it, it did not start slow. It did stop for about 30 minutes it took about 30 minutes after the initial opening to kind of get get going again uh going again but once it got going you were in yeah i broke this down into three acts like most movies are the first act was only about seven to eight minutes long yeah the -hmm. second and third act were both about 40 minutes long yeah and uh um I don't want to give any spoilers on this movie yeah, this because I do one. want people to see it. And it's, it's a 2018. And I think we can spoil a little bit <laughs> yeah. because I, th- since I think we're all kind of excited about this movie, it's going to be hard not to. Yeah. yeah. So it has some really great reveals. Oh yeah. Um, throughout the whole movie. With that being said, I feel like it suffered from the, the sixth sense uh, syndrome where it's not a movie you can really go back and watch again because once all those reveals are kind of, once you kind of know what's going on, it's, 
there's nothing really to look forward to. Right. Yeah. But I would encourage you to watch it again because I did watch it again today. And knowing what I knew, I was able to see things I didn't understand. Not that I didn't understand, but You're things for. that the director and the producer set up so cleverly throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. that I really appreciated that. Now, I don't know if it's worth a fourth, fifth, sixth type of viewing. Yeah. But definitely, I would say go back and take another look at it and find all those little p- bits and pieces that, like I said, they 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 threw it uh, throughout the the movie. And I've got a couple of them written down that I'll probably bring up as we're talking about the movie. Yeah, well, maybe if you start because it might get a, a conversation started, Patrick. If you kind of bring some stuff up that we can, because you've watched it twice now. I watched it for the first time today. Yeah, um, yeah. And absorbed as much as I I kind of could. Well, I'm going to try to avoid spoilers, but they're going <clears> to happen. I know they're going to happen as well. So because, spoiler alert, um, here they come. But little things that happen when she's talking to her mom or she's talking to her sister when she's older. Yeah. That then are mirrored later on. Mm-hmm. And things like who she's married to is actually, if, if you look in the background later on in the movie, there's a picture up on the wall. The beer, because she makes comment about why are you drinking redneck beer? You see that later on. There's just little things that in the pictures you're talking about. The pictures that well, when she says to her mom, "Why are you drinking redneck beer?" and then when you get to the point where Fat Man is force feeding her redneck beer. Yeah, I'm talking the about the, the guy she's married. The to. The guy that she's married Evelyn, to is that the one that she's like not Evelyn. Um, Vera. Beth. Vera. Is that oh, the one she's like? You've been talking to these. For uh-huh. Okay, and yep. he's in that picture. Yep. Okay, gotcha. he's in that picture. The painting. Yeah. Yep. And there's, I mean, there's all sorts of setups like that all the way through this movie that I didn't get the first time. Gotcha. Okay. And that, that's why I said it, it's kind of, it was kind of fun to watch it the second time because then I, knowing what was going on, what the twist was and everything else. Yeah. That is able to, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Gotcha. My, my question was, did we see what they saw when they, again, a spoiler, but when they escaped and... They're like, we're being chased by an ogre and a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, did we see what they were seeing? Or did we see the guy and the the wo- woman in the, the villains, I guess? Did we see them differently? I don't think so. But there is argument that since she is a writer, we are seeing what happened to her <laughs> through the book mm-hmm. interpretation of it. That So that we are seeing Fat Man and... That's the actual credited name, Fat Man and Candy Truck Woman. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And that we were seeing them, how she interpreted it in the book. Okay. Does that make yeah, sense that what I'm sense. saying? <clears throat> okay. That, that it's like we saw a heightened reality of what she went through and all this other stuff. It's kind of a weird concept. Yeah. It is, yeah. Because yeah. is, is the book, so the, the book's not really a real, the book's in her head. Kind of like she's living out the book throughout the. Sorry, fuck. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I fucked that up. But no, we warned it. So um, yeah. yeah, but um, that's kind of where I was trying to catch up with with what's going on. Is like is the the books in her head, and, right? Yeah. It's not something. That's, well, and, and that was, and I think that's the point of seeing the mother up in the window and she's pointing down at the typewriter. It's like yeah. you write this fucking shit down. Yeah, write it all now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought the two sisters, the actresses, were great. They, oh, yeah, yeah. They were um, they're amazing. really good. So yeah. good. Um, the other question I had was: the mother walked out at one point to get the ambulance, and she said, "Don't listen to what your sister tells you." And I didn't understand why. I think that's she part. Said I that. think that's part of the mental block that she was putting up on herself, yeah. and okay. her mother was reinforcing that. 
if you want to stay sane, don't listen to your sister. Gotcha. Because the sister is the one who's trying to pull her back. Gotcha. Um, yeah, when she did that whole, I've been trying to pull you out of this mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. get you back for yeah. so long. That's when the movie kind of started for me, too, was yeah. right there. It was when Beth snapped back into her shitty reality, reality. what was actually yep. happening to her. But yeah, that incident in the Ghostland, I'm sorry I waited so long to watch it. Yeah, uh, I it am, was, too. It was... And that was when I pimped out to you guys back in October. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely landing on my 2018, so... I will say, and as I said, I loved most of this movie. The one thing I didn't like, I did not like the villains. To me, there was, there was something lacking with them. They weren't scary. They weren't... They weren't anything. They, they were, were very just, vanilla. Yeah, they were just... I was like... So we have a mongoloid and buffalo fucking bill here. Yeah. Like what? I, I don't know. Just, of course, they drove the plot, obviously, but to me, they didn't add anything. There like, was a, there's actually a lot of criticism like that about this movie that I read online. And yet some people were backing it up. And I want to get into the discussion in, in, in a little bit because it's, this movie has been criticized for being misogynistic and transphobic. I didn't get either of those. I didn't, the transphobic I did not exactly. get at all. I, I didn't either. Well, because to me, as I said, the character reminded me so much of Buffalo Bill. Mm -hmm. And to me, that wasn't, I didn't think Buffalo Bill was transphobic. They weren't, because to me, they weren't, and this goes both for the character in Incident in a Ghostland and Buffalo Bill, they weren't portraying like a transgender person. They were portraying someone who's mentally ill. Right. And to me, those are two totally different things. Right. And, And besides that, it wasn't being transgender that made that person evil. Yeah, no, they were just and if, not. And if that was the case, then I could see it being transphobic. What? Fuck it. I'm going to let's just talk about the misogyny <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the transphobic claims on this thing. I totally felt that it was not either of those because it it represented these women as fighting back. Yeah. As, as part of it. Yes, they got the shit kicked out of them. OK, but they fought back. Yeah. The mom fought back hard mm-hmm. at the beginning. The girls fought back. Vera fought back just to bring her sister back. All of that other stuff. Beth literally becomes a woman. She was the in fighter. this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she gets her period for the yeah. first time. She, I mean, they they symbolically make her a woman in this movie, and she's fighting back. She discovers exactly how evil men are in this movie, and that's why I thought maybe he kept them kind of generic and didn't develop those because he wanted them to represent maybe all men. Yeah, I I really felt, as I said, uh, to me, the villains didn't add anything to it, but I think the char- the female characters in this movie were so strong. Mm-hmm. Like, they really were just amazing. I remember, this is the first time I watched it today, and just watching the mom at the beginning fighting so hard. I remember I went out to my boyfriend and said, fucking finally, I said, we ha- I'm watching a movie where, like, someone's fighting back, because most yeah. of the time... I was thinking about um, Hills Have Eyes today. The mm-hmm. women literally just sat there and screamed the entire thing. And to me, that's such horseshit. Yeah. To me, that's more misogynistic than having than this movie mm-hmm. where they have very, very strong characters that are fighting and trying to get out and just they're being intelligent. Like they did some smart shit in this yeah. movie and didn't just sit there and scream. Right. And. I think the director writer did a really, really good job of using other uh, symbols in this movie, such as the dolls, because a doll is very much part of the patriarchy when we as men want our women to be there silent, 
don't fight back, anything like that. A doll is very much a representation mm-hmm. of what misogynistic men want. And that is totally reflected at the very end of the movie when they're going out on the stretchers and she looks over and she sees all those dolls in cages. And I mean, they fought against that and escaped from that. So I think this is actually a critique of misogyny more than what anybody can say that it is misogynistic. Now, can you, I kind of had a hard time a little bit calling the ogre guy a villain. Really. Yeah, because he was, I mean, yeah, to me, he had, there was some, there's a screw let, loose. Yeah, let's be fair, like anybody that runs around like raping, molesting and killing people has a screw loose. But this guy was like, um, I kind of saw him as Leatherface in a way. A little bit. Yes. This. So, yes. I, I mean, so if I look back at Leatherface, he was definitely a villain. And that's so why I, I, I do. I do okay. see him as a villain in this movie. Yeah, like I wasn't like I don't think there was any excuse for what he was doing, no. but yeah. to me like yeah, I could definitely see like kind of a leatherface mm-hmm. thing because like I think the what did they credit this the woman as? Uh, as the, the candy truck woman. Okay. Um or CTW for short. <laughs> so I think that she was the driving force and was kind of using this guy or I don't know. Have you guys seen um or read the book Big Driver? have not Mm-mm. it's a Stephen king book it's amazing i definitely and they did make a like lifetime not a lifetime like but that kind of like made for tv they made movie. a hallmark movie out of it <laughs> they made a hallmark movie out of it showing this christmas <laughs> but it kind of really reminded me of that kind of relationship because it's about a mother who's like luring women to feed her son's like rape needs it's an um, mm-hmm. it, but in that really reminded me of that relationship yeah. that was yeah, kind of I going because he was this. he was prepping she he was prepping the girls for him you know yeah. dressing them like dolls putting them in specific positions everything else so yeah i mean they were it was a relationship that was totally feeding off of each other yeah and as i said that's totally reminded me of that yeah. big driver movie gotcha. and like kind of the same thing there where you're kind of like is that guy really all there? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No, he definitely was not all there. He had definite mental issues other than just being psychotic. Yeah. And physical issues as well, because they showed his face uh, partly in the one scene. Mm-hmm. Did you guys feel that his character changed a little bit from the very beginning when he, I mean, because yes. he barreled down that hallway to knock the mother down. And then later he's walking around with a crutch. Well, and, and I didn't see that he had gotten injured or anything like that. I kind of felt there was a huge change just because, it, like, when he goes barreling down the hallway and everything, he was so brutal. And mm-hmm. then, like, they, he goes from, like, this, like, brutal, almost like, what was that movie, uh, Kane and See No Evil kind of guy to uh, Uncle Touchy. <laughs> and yeah. you're just kind of, it yeah. just, and I, it doesn't really say how long those girls were in there with them. So I, I don't really know, like if there was a huge change or something like that. But yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, I was expecting like a really brutal kind of almost Jason-y figure yeah. from what it first portrayed. And then as I said, yeah, you go to Uncle Touchy. <laughs> it's just kind of. Yeah. Well, but then he lost his shit when she stabbed him in the shoulder. Yeah. A lot and of people he, do. Then he total, I'm, but he totally lost yeah. his shit and showed how incredibly brutal he could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great scene. So do you think then that maybe like the candy truck woman knew that if he didn't have like some sort of an outlet for his like crazy freaky little fantasies that he'd be out like doing crazier shit and maybe that's why she because like they kind of had all those 
he was hearing the dolls saying, oh, you're ugly, you're disgusting, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and all this stuff, do you think that maybe she was, like, setting up and, like, almost sacrificing these girls to him because she knew if he, he didn't have an outlet that he'd, like, be out being a freaking even bigger psycho? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh... The candy truck was a lot of fun too. I'm, I'm glad they strapped inside the candy truck because that was kind of a cool, um, kind of a cool visual. And uh, when they escaped at the, you know, and the cops, mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that movie was over at that I, point. I thought it was, yeah. Um, but you get, I think, 15, 20 more minutes. Another fifteen out of it. minutes out of it, definitely, um, and jam packed um, with adventure. Yeah. Well, and then they do something that I think is interesting because I always see this in horror movies, and I'm like. Where did that happen? Where the police call for backup and yeah. the backup actually shows, shows up? up. Yeah. yeah, like I swear in every other horror movie, they call in for backup. And <laughs> for once, I was like, when the guy came and the police officer came in and shot him, I was like, oh, holy shit, they actually came. But I like how it was one single cop that shows up. Yeah, um, I feel like they'd have a lot more yeah. if you have that kind of call but going. We don't know how many people were still downstairs or anything like that. That That's happened to true. be the yeah. cop that happened. you think they'd come running up after they heard shots fired because there was a few almost an entire minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, but after that. When he calls that, that makes that call and calls it in, everybody's like, I, well, we know exactly what house you're talking about. So you're thinking like an army of people are yeah. coming yeah. and you just get the one little. You know, that was actually also a pretty cool thing that they did is uh, when he was calling it in, you saw over his shoulders the lights of the truck, and you're thinking, oh, yeah. oh yep. shit. Yep. And then it goes, and it, it was nothing. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, oh, that was awesome, though. I do want to kind of briefly compare this movie to Martyrs, as you were kind yes, of talking about. Yes, please do, about. because I have not seen Martyrs. You will on October 28th, 2019. Why is that? You said that give you another year and that you would watch it. I have it written down. All right. (laughs) Shit. Damn. You're like my wife. We all, all women have (laughs) that. Call you on it. The only thing I could kind of see where people were saying, like yelling misogyny is, Martyrs was not nice to their female characters. Not at all. Very, right. very strong female characters. and But I think their villains were better developed, but that's just me. But they were brutal to their female cast, and it was very... Not, I don't want to say it was a misogynistic movie, but it was showing a lot of misogynistic Right. So do you minds. think that people approach this movie hypersensitive to having seen Martyrs prior to? What do you- I thought the females in... Ghostland were stronger than the females oh, in yeah, Martyrs. They were, uh, but it you was talking totally... about fighting back and everything like that. It's I thought they were way stronger in in Ghostland than but you, Martyrs. Like, but in Martyrs, you had more developed, intelligent villains that made it harder for the, them to. The really situation fight back. was way different. Yeah, I was gonna say it was a totally different situation. This is some cult shit going on in Martyrs. Yeah, Martyrs. It had a totally. But as I said, I do think maybe people were hypersensitive because we had the director showing that brutality in martyrs maybe they were seeing that an incident in a ghost land and immediately jumping into oh my god this director must hate women but i i didn't see it like that because as i said the characters are so strong um totally different vibe though like i don't think incident in a ghost land had a fun vibe martyrs was next level brutality and just a totally different tone to yeah, it. You want to look at Martyrs and go, oh, the same person that made that movie made Ghostland. You, I don't think you could yeah, take no. it at all. Yeah, it's um, night as far day. as Yeah, as far as the filmmaking goes. 
But I did like I liked Ghostland better. I, yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. I liked Martyrs better, but that's just um, Martyrs got to the point, and I talked about this because I watched it a while back. But Martyrs got to the point where I just got tired of watching one of the females towards the end of the movie just get her ass beat constantly. I got I had enough of that. Um, yeah. There's only so much even in my head I can take watching that before I'm just like, all right, this is starting to piss me off. So, yeah. So how much more brutal is Martyrs compared to uh, Ghostland? It, it's, it's above and beyond. Yeah, it's okay. night and day. Yeah. It's okay. The cover of it says it's a ferocious movie, and yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah. It's, All right. Just so I know what to prepare myself for. Yeah. You're going to want a couple couple, couple shots and uh, light some candles. Okay. Get some baby oil out. What? What? Sorry. Um, I'm setting the mood for murders. Um, um, uh, I, I didn't have to I use am, baby oil when I, I watched it. I am really concerned. Really concerned. It's going to be a good ride. So. I think you'll enjoy it, though, especially there were some elements in Incident in a Ghost Land that I think kind I don't know. I, I think the direction of both movies was handled relatively the same. And yeah. they're both I think they're both really good movies, but for two totally different oh, okay. reasons. Yeah. All right. So any other thoughts? I thought the cinematography in this movie was outstanding. Beautifully shot, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Oh, in the atmosphere, like, they put so much detail into that house. Into that house. Oh, my God. That was was incredible. I did kind of almost get a House of a Thousand Corpsey vibe when they were, like, dolling her up because they did that in House. You know, I, I wonder if there was a little bit of tribute to Rob Zombie because they even said at the beginning when they pulled up to the house, she goes, oh, great, we're moving into Rob Zombie's house. <laughs> yeah, and they did, like, yeah. some shots in the interior kind of reminded me of the Firefly house, like in House of Thousand Corpses where there's just a bunch of shit everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think maybe the director is, like, a fan Maybe, yeah. Of the movie. Yeah. I did like them talking about Lovecraft a little bit. The Lovecraft thing was cool. Yeah, that was it really was. cool. It was that they had the tribute to him at the very beginning with the quote, and then he's actually a character in the movie. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, and the guy they got to play him looked exactly like him. I, I was think like, they did a chin yeah. augmentation on that guy, because yeah. I think he has the chin that I was not born with. Yeah, I've So never he, seen, had, he had twice as much chin. I haven't seen a person. picture of H.P. Lovecraft. So when he first sat down, they didn't show his face. So they're pulling people in from the nightmare world into the, the fantasy into world. The like, dinner yeah, party. into the yeah. dinner party. So I thought with the guy that sat down, the way she reacted was the ogre guy. Um, yeah. Before they showed him. And then they showed him and I, I got what was going on. But I was like, oh, shit. He's kind of walked into her wedding dream. Well, and that I think was really interesting because even if she was really like dissociating H.P. Lovecraft's been dead for a long yeah, 80, time. Yeah, 80 some years I think. Yeah. yeah. So I even like if they hadn't kind of had that reveal and going back and forth I think that would have like been a clue yeah. like uh she's not playing yeah. on the same field. Well that's that's why they put it so much later in the movie. Yeah. I'm struggling how the tie-in with Lovecraft was though because he's so kind of fantasy oriented horror and this was not so much unless we got into the writer aspect of it. I think it was more the writer aspect okay. of they, it. They talk about him, too, in the car ride, also, mm-hmm. when they're when she's a kid. And she reads that stuff. And mm-hmm. I think right. that's where kind of the nod came from uh, when it came to the dream sequence, the wedding party. Yeah. Uh, was just her, her just being a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. I just have a few more things I want to touch on. Uh, first of all, I, I love the use of that Chinese puzzle box and the doll with the mirror. 
I thought they used that pretty effectively. That was fun. It was, it was, was that the first jump scare of the movie? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I like that. The scene where Vera was getting slapped around by nobody in the hallway. Yeah. I thought she that did an cool. outstanding job with that. Nice little touch uh, when the candy truck woman is putting makeup on Beth and it's got that tear rolling down her eye and she's mixing it in right over the rouge and stuff. That was just a really nice setup shot. That one will stick with me. I love opera music in horror movies. There's something about the juxtaposition that is just really cool. And then the way Beth handles the candy truck woman in that final scene, I thought was pretty raw Mm -hmm. and pretty cool. Yeah. A little bit of trivia about the movie. Uh, We already know that this was the writer-director of Martyrs. We brought that up. Actress Taylor Hickson, this is the young woman who played Vera, the young Vera. Okay. She suffered facial injury when she crashed through a glass door while filming. She later sued the film's production that company for the movie. accident. Okay, yeah. The, the oh, one okay. towards, I heard about towards this. the end, there's that big door with that big glass plate in it, and she was pounding on it, pounding on it, and the directors kept saying, no, this can take more. Go for it, go for it, go for it, and she burst through the thing scarred her face really really bad and i mean like the, and they she feels that she's lost acting gigs because of it oh uh, yeah sue the shit out of him girl yeah. what the fuck? yeah i did hear about this i didn't know it was that movie yeah that's that because so i had heard depressing. about that before i had actually seen this movie and then the final piece of trivia i have uh rob archer the man that plays the fat man played Krampus in a Christmas horror story. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So this guy is not fat in any way, shape, or form. If you see pictures of him, he often plays characters. He's jacked. That, yeah, he's jacked. Yeah. Is he really tall? He's very tall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a very big man. So, but they, they had to obviously put some prosthetics on him to make him look fat. But yeah, I thought I saw that and I went, oh, wait, that's that guy who was totally jacked with the horns on. Yeah. In, in, uh, he played Krampus, yeah. So that's that's the trivia that I have on this movie. I couldn't find any deets on box office or anything like that. So I don't know if this was a VOD. Is the it went straight to VOD. Okay. Yeah, there was no uh, theatrical release or anything on Ghostland. All right, let's go ahead and score this one then. We score on the gore score, the fear factor, and then our overall score. Let's give it a gore score. Uh, with the gore, I'm going to count the the beatings and because there wasn't like a, like a ton of blood in the movie. I'm going to count all the bruising and the beatings, and I'm going to go six. Okay. All right. No, I was going to say, I. you're right, there is a lot of, like, brutal beating and stuff in this movie, but I wouldn't count it as gore. I don't know, I'd say three. I was going to put mine at about four, so I'll put it right in between there. All right, fear factor then. How much did it scare you? Uh, I, mean, it was, I was never really uh, afraid or was right. never really scared. I feared for, it was, a, it, was, it, was, it was written and good enough to fear for the characters that were in that movie, mm-hmm. though. Yep. Um, so you sit around a five, yeah. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, this wasn't a scary movie by any means, but no. it, it had a lot of drive behind it, and the char- like. I was afraid for the characters. Yeah, I'd give it a five. I think it could have been scary if they went a different way with the story. When I very first saw this, I thought that it was going to be a supernatural movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have, like, if they had gone that way, then the score would be much higher, but I'm giving it about a four or five. For the scare factor. I give it higher if the villains are different. As I said, I just didn't like them very much. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, they weren't scary. They were just nuts. And yeah. Right. That's and there wasn't, two different things. And there wasn't a lot of tension built up in this movie. Yeah. You got what you, I mean, it just hits you hard pretty much mm-hmm. the entire movie. Overall score. Because I can't give it a perfect score, I'm going to sit around at nine. Wow. I dug. Okay. I dug the movie a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll give it an eight or nine. I, I'm falling in an eight. I really, I, yeah, I saw this movie and I said, 
back then, you guys got to watch this one. I had a list of like three movies, and I'm glad that we had the chance to see this. And I'm I'm going to urge Greg to watch it regardless, because I'd love to hear his I was going to say, comments. I really want to hear, because this yeah. seems a little brutal for Greg's taste. Mm-hmm. So I really want to hear, but I think it's such a good movie. I really want to hear his opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I think he could probably get past the brutality of the movie and look at it for one. what it yeah. is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very cool. Obviously, we all loved it, so you check that out, Incident in a Ghost Land. It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. All right, we are going to pimp some stuff out. Josh. I got nothing to pimp. My pimping is going to be uh, on the short end for a while. So what do you guys got? Hey, I'm going to say that if you like this podcast, and we know that you do, then head on over to iTunes or whatever format or platform that you're listening to the podcast on and rate and review us. Also know that we are on, uh, we've got a Patreon account. So if you want to support us, keep us going, help us pay those minor bills that we have every once in a while, then head on over to patreon.com slash Midnight Frightcast. You can also find the podcast on Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many, many more. And also be sure to check us out online. We are on Twitter at MFrightcast. We are on Instagram, Midnight Frightcast, and we're on, uh, we got a Facebook group, Midnight Frightcast, believe it or not. So share, <laughs> share in crazy share world. I know. It's funny how that happens. Post it on your walls. Tell your friends. And be sure to check out our films at MidnightFrightFilms.com and on YouTube. Very cool. My plug is my usual. Um, we just talked about how much we love indie horror and how we are looking forward to it in the next year. Screenbox has a ton of indie horror on there. And it's a low, low price. You're starting the year out. What is it? $35 a year. I'm sure yeah. there's going to be tons, tons of fun on there. And they are really putting out some really cool new material. So go on over to Screenbox TV. And and one more thing. Check out Crypt TV because we're going to have a podcast yes. coming up where we talk about yeah. the content over on Crypt TV. Yes, you can find them on Twitter and on YouTube. They also have a Facebook page. So yeah, definitely check them out. We're very, very excited to talk about Crypt TV. Cool. All right, guys, if we have no more plugs, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and we hope you have a lovely new year from everybody at Midnight Broadcast. Midnight Broadcast.